Blog Talk Radio. Joshua Live here. It's Sunday night at 11.30 on Blog Talk Radio because trying to come on the air just now at 11 o'clock did not work. My studio and switchboard took a complete shit on me. <laughs> so I had to delete that and come back on the air here. I got to thank DJ Aladdin for being patient and holding on and waiting for me to get this up and running and started. I've never had those kind of technical difficulties. I mean, the show with Kenny Bolin a couple weeks ago you know, his, his power was cutting in and out. He had horrible thunderstorms going on, and I had storm in here. So, but uh, we got through that. And uh, I remember my show with Pete Wan. Uh, I lost him at some point. Had to reconnect him. But that's been it. I've never had to completely abandon a fucking show <laughs> and, and come on. But uh, Lee, we have DJ Aladdin on the line now. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, it's working now. Apparently, they didn't want me to talk about all the crime in Columbus because that's what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just trying to keep a better image. Yeah, it's trying, it's trying to be positive tonight. And I was trying to be so negative. <laughs> but, uh, what's up? How was your day today? Uh, let's see. Today is recovery day. Um, after you know working six nights a week, then... Pretty much Sunday is I wake up, I do what I need to do, then I fall back asleep for the most of the day, and then I wake up in time to do your show. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, one day off is, is certainly uh, not enough time, I don't feel like, for the body and, and the mind to even recover, because that's all I'll ever get every week as well. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But so, you so go ahead and, uh, now, well, you go ahead and, yeah, I'm, I'm out of evolution, uh, Evolution Social Lounge out on 5610 Hall Road in Galloway um, on the west side of Columbus and been back there since the 1st of July. Um, anyone who heard our first uh, interview there, they probably heard me talk about how Club 33, which is where I was previously, has switched ownership. And since uh, they switched ownership, basically they uh, were knowing they were going a different direction as far as they were going to go with live bands and uh, then the new owner was going to be there all the time to manage himself. So Pretty much, uh, they gave me fair warning, so it wasn't it wasn't as if they just dropped me. They just said, "Hey, here's the direction we're headed," and um, you know, wanted to give you a heads up so you can look for something else. And didn't take long. I uh, went and talked to uh, my buddy Jay Shaka, and uh, timing was good for him because he was looking to uh, put in a new manager, and um, also being that he's the primary DJ there all the time, um, having another DJ in the house is always very helpful, which he's, he's been fortunate enough to have that in the past with uh, Jason Skies, who was, who's managed at times and um, also hired a couple other DJs in. But basically pretty convenient. Uh, we work together as a team pretty well. So, yep, that's where I'm at now. Yeah, and, uh, yeah any uh, indication as far as uh, the changes at Club 33? Does it look like dirt, that place is going downhill or anything you would say now that you didn't say on the first show? 
No, I wouldn't say one way or the other necessarily. I mean, they've had some bad weeks and then they've had some good weeks. I mean, I've, I've still got friends there, obviously. Um, I don't, I haven't really talked to the new owner much since then, even though I um, still consider him a friend as well. But one of their uh, one of their bartenders is um, we keep in touch, and she's pretty much said that they've had you know their down times, and they've had their up times, and they've. Uh, and for a while, though, they weren't scheduling anything in. They had they really had no entertainment for the first couple of weeks while they were trying to get things together. And then once they started scheduling some bands, then the band would play early, and then they would uh, sometimes have a DJ finish up after the band or whatever. And essentially, um, I've seen that they've had ads out there to look for another DJ or whatever, um, and I don't take that offensive at all, because, at all because they know what they're willing to pay, and they know that that's not in the range that I would accept. And also, they don't need a DJ for the full night. They need a DJ for about half the night. So, you know, they, they're, they're looking for a different different kind of thing. So, uh, I wish them, like I said, I wish them the best, and hopefully their things are going to work out for them. But like I said, I think they're gearing more towards being a live music venue and also um, eventually probably remodeling, renaming, and rebranding the whole concept. So, so no, no, nothing new to talk to about, about them. There, there's, there's no... Uh, the animosities or anything like that. Like I said, they're just they're just doing their thing, and I'm doing mine. So we're all good. Well, you know that's kind of too bad for for live radio because you know you wish there was some animosity, <laughs> but you wish them well. <laughs> I'm sorry, no conflict, no conflict for you. I'm, I'm sorry. That's all. It's all good. Yeah, we can go back to your crime rates. I mean, that's always something uh, to talk about, especially with the you know with uh, this weekend having a problem downtown um, and one of my favorite areas, the Arena District, and. Um, I mean, shooting there this past weekend was, you know, that's another eye opener. And I didn't even, down. I didn't even. You, you just told me about this about an hour ago. I didn't, didn't even have any idea that something happened because I've been, haven't been watching the news. I've kind of been too busy. But uh, what exactly was it that happened? I heard about the shooting at Eastland Mall. You know, so yeah, you can't even yeah. go to the mall. But, uh, <laughs> well, like like most of these malls, I mean, this is unfortunate, but it is it is happening to a lot of the malls. Is that with exception of like Tuttle, Easton, Polaris, these big, the big three malls, pretty much all the other malls, um, even having the city center downtown, which I granted was you know decades ago, but when it went downhill, yeah. it, I mean a decade ago, it went downhill. The stores start going out, and then all of a sudden a different element comes into the the mall, and you know it's because you're not attracting the the big brand name stores that have the big price tag. So instead, you drop your rent, you get in local stores that have lower price tags, which means you're getting a, a, a lower-income clientele, which seems to go hand-in-hand hand with, with, you know, social problems, you know, social um, environment that unfortunately tends towards to lean towards violence. I mean, obviously, wealthy communities have less, you know, violence than, than the less wealthy. So um, – Essentially, that, I think that's what kind of happens with uh, Eastman Mall and their shooting, and that's that's actually in my neck of the woods. But I don't live too far away from there, so uh. it's, it's I, I don't want to say it's it's surprising to me, but my memories of Eastman Mall um, or Eastland Mall growing up and being in there and you know going with my cousin, hanging out, whatever, was a totally different environment than what I see when I go now. Um, you go at Christmas time, obviously there's plenty of you know action then. But I don't go any other time, really. I really don't go to that mall often at all. They don't have any stores in there that really draw me in. So I don't have a lot of reason to go there, even though it's close to my house. So I don't um, – I'm not surprised, but I – but at the same time, I'm surprised. You know, it's like you don't, you don't see this happening in a mall. You know, you think that's, that's a shopping center. Why, why are people even 
having beef in a shopping center, but that's yeah, like what exactly is going on and what happened? I, I think yeah, it is yeah, probably. I don't know what about to say. You know, it's probably going to come down to being an isolated, uh, isolated event and situation that's unfortunate happening. It's like, uh, yeah, you definitely had to say. The actual, the actual, what was it? What was the one you were telling me about right before we were um, about it's to come the, on here? It, it was at the end zone parking lot. Um, the end zone, uh, for those who are not quite as familiar, it, it's downtown in the uh, New Arena District. Um, basically, if you go down Vine Street, it's on Vine Street. There's BBR. Um, and then there's garage bar. The next garage bar is the end zone, which um, I've been to as recently as um, last summer or maybe the summer before. I, it hasn't, it, it, I mean, I've been there within the past year, and the place is nice. It's, it's actually a very nice layout. It's, a, it, it's very upscale. When I went there, it wasn't as busy as I was expe- would expect it to be. And basically my understanding from what I've read, from what I've heard, I've talked to a lot of other DJs that have, uh, that have worked there, and uh, seeing what they posted about it and stuff um, after this incident. But basically, the place switched management. It switched its focus on what kind of music it wanted to um, cater to, what kind of entertainment, and it went more towards the hip-hop side of things, which unfortunately, you know, whether we like it or not, it does tend to lead more towards this kind of behavior. They went towards that kind of environment, but they also did not, in my opinion, the bar itself did not, prepare properly security-wise for these kind of things. Um, what's interesting to me is that in the – and I don't, I don't like to bash anybody. I don't know the manager personally or anything like that. But what I think is interesting to me is that when this goes down, the manager actually spoke to, this, to, to Columbus Dispatch and said that he believes that the police in the area need to step up their security in the parking lot. Um, and I, I, I get what you know, he's trying to say, hey, it didn't happen inside our club, it happened outside – but it was his club's patrons and his club's parking lot. It's, you know, it, it is what he's advertising to now. It is, the, it, it is the crowd that he's gearing towards. And when you hear yeah. of, I hate to say it, but when you hear of shootings and, and fights and all this stuff, it doesn't happen so much at Top 40 clubs, but there's definitely a market for these hip-hop clubs. Hip-hop is a huge music. It's, it's very, very, it's storytelling. It's, it's a great style of music. So if you're going to cater to the customer's, who do that and you're worried about something like that, you should be prepared to handle it properly, um, which, you know, for me, I wouldn't have came back to Evolution if I didn't feel like that they were handling that kind of thing properly. Evolution is, is primarily a hip-hop top 40 urban bar as far as the music selection is concerned, but their security is, is on top of stuff, and that's why um, it's, totally, it's a totally different situation. This is the second time in the month that it's happened at Enzo where they've had very, very drastic situations like this. Um, and um, it's kind of unfortunate because the arena district is a great area um, for entertainment. And, you know, being that I'm a hockey fan, I go to the arena a lot, and I go to the bars afterwards if I have the night off. So there's a lot of a lot to me that kind of is disappointing about hearing this. Yeah, unfortunately, as, like you said, it's just – at hip hop shows, particularly, like you, you don't hear too many stories about people, you know, shooting people at Country Jam or anything like that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> hip hop, you know, Tim McGraw has never threatened to, you know, pill a cap on somebody on one of his records. I, th- I think uh, yeah, you know, I, you're, you're. Yeah, unfortunately, no, I'd love to hear him do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if there was more beef and country music, I'd be more of a country music fan. 
<laughs> maybe, maybe so. Yeah, keep it interesting. Um, but I, I think what it is in, in hip hop music in general, it, it, it's a lot of bragging, a lot of saying how tough you are, the tough life you've lived. So even people who've never lived the life that's being told about in the, in the music, they may pretend to be part of that life and see themselves as part of that atmosphere and be and glorified by that atmosphere. So therefore, when they go out to a bar, somebody steps on the J's, all of a sudden it's a beef. And literally what it was is it's a busy bar and you're going to bump into people and it happens. And it's, it's ridiculous that, that people can't keep their head on straight and say, you know what, this is my music, this is my entertainment. Right now I'm out on a Friday, Saturday night. I'm drinking and having a good time with my friends. We're partying, we're dancing. This is why we're out. We're not out to, to, to grab a gun out of our car and shoot somebody in a parking lot. Why, why would you go out on a Friday or Saturday night with that in mind? But the problem is if they have a gun in their parking lot, they, in, in their car in their parking lot, obviously these people that went out were either anticipating problems to be prepared for problems or they were the ones instigating problems. No matter how you look at it, it's, it's an unfortunate situation. Yeah, the crime in Columbus, as a, as a, to get back to that, uh, there's been 57 homicides in Columbus so far this year. You know, last year there were 92 total as far as ruled as homicides. So we're all, almost getting close to that mark. Uh, but most victims are under 30 years of age. So that's clearly showing that mm-hmm. there's young people out there going out that are having these. And it could be over girls. It could be over just a fight. Or just, you, know, you know, fights you see break out and things that mm-hmm. turn into shootings. You know, maybe hundreds, hundreds of more fights could could have easily turned into shootings if, if it were not for security and things uh, handling the situations. People just don't happening. know how to handle their issues the same way they used to when we were growing up. I mean, I hate to say that. I hate to say I'm not that old bogey, but it's true. Young folks today, they just don't seem to be able to handle stresses of life or, or keep their head on their shoulders properly. And, you know, you, you can point a thousand fingers in a thousand directions, and they're probably all correct. There's probably a little bit of everything that goes in there, whether it's from they're not being raised right, they're being raised in single-parent families, or they're not being shown the right way by big brothers and big sisters showing them the right way because they've probably grown up the wrong way. And, you know, we can blame music, and it, which is ridiculous. I mean, honestly, it's ridiculous to blame music or video games. I play video games. I, I listen to hip-hop since the time I was probably seven years old up, and I, I've been in probably one fight in my adult life, and in my childhood life, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not just that. It's not, you can't blame it on all these other things. There's all, all kinds of factors that go into it. But essentially what it comes down to is that kids, unfortunately, aren't as tough as they used to be as far as thick skin, and they let everything be an issue, and, and I, I think that that's, that's sad. I think that plays a part into why it's these younger um, age groups that are getting into the troubles that are getting into the homicides and stuff like that. It's it's a frustration that, that um they grow up in. And taking it off a case by case basis, you know, when you're eighteen and you hit twenty one, you have the whole world, you're you're looking forward, you know, everything's up. But by the time you're like twenty five, twenty six, if you're not doing anything in your life, then you're probably gonna have that nothing to lose, feel like you have nothing to lose kind of mentality. I don't care. You kill me right now. <laughs> yeah, very good. But uh, Columbus Columbus says, according to NeighborhoodScout.com, a website I've discovered tonight, where you can actually, if you're moving somewhere, and actually you can check out like the crime rates of the city and see if it's a safe place to move to. <laughs> uh, Columbus got the ranking of the, the number seven ranking now, which sounds good on a scale of one to ten, but 
if the city was safe, they would get the ranking of 100. <laughs> Columbus actually, Columbus, gotcha. Ohio got the ranking of a 7 <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 100 as far as being safe. There, uh, there Jamie Josh Bell live doing all this <laughs> great promoting research yeah. tonight. <laughs> there are 6,037 violent crimes per year in Columbus, 36,004 property crimes for a total of 42,041 crimes per year. Now, to compare Columbus to the rest of the state of Ohio, Columbus has 70% of all the crime in Ohio, while the rest of the state, everywhere you go, be it Cleveland, Cincinnati, you know, surprisingly, Columbus has 70% of the crime. That's, that's, that's a shocking pretty number to me. You got to think about yeah. Cleveland. <laughs> now, Cincinnati, they're pretty nice down there. <laughs> I went there last year. But Cleveland's are Yeah, I mean, I, the whole know. thing is, I guess, and I guess it, it all depends on where you're at because, for the most part, I'm telling you, the neighborhood that I've grown up in, and I actually ended up buying this house for my dad when he moved to Florida um, 10 years ago, um, this neighborhood, um, I don't have any problems. And people talk about, oh, well, I don't want to go to the south side because it's like this. I don't want to go to the east side like this. I don't want to go to the west side because it's like this. I don't want to go to the north side because it's like this. It's like everybody's saying that everywhere there's something bad, but the truth is no matter what side of town you're on, there's good neighborhoods, there's bad neighborhoods, there's there's violent neighborhoods, there's calm, peaceful neighborhoods, there's old folks neighborhoods, there's there's, you know, section eight neighborhoods, there's whatever you whatever side of town you're on, there's a little something for everybody. So you can't just like say, mm-hmm. Oh, well the crime's coming from here, the crime's coming from there. The crime is all around and it's interlaced with good people too. And all I can say and this this is probably the the most the the I guess what I can say is the ultimate statement I can make is just people keep your head on straight. That's all it takes. You keep your head on straight and you put yourself on a good path and you're going to be fine. You're, you're going to be fine. If you get educated, if you go look for a good job, you're going to be fine. If you look for problems, if you are, have decided that you give up on life, then you're going to get caught up and, and ultimately nothing good comes out of it. I mean, could you imagine somebody, if, I'm, I'm just thinking about me, let's just say that Somebody, I lived in a violent neighborhood, and somebody broke into my house to steal something. And in protection of my stuff, I grabbed a gun, and I don't even own a gun, but if I did, I say I grabbed a gun and shot them in protection of my own, my own property, and that person died. That is something I have to live with for the rest of my life, that I took someone's life. Yeah. And without knowing their story, without knowing what their life is, or why they were even felt that they were compelled to take from me, that I took their life. And... That's, that's when I actually have a reason to defend my own property. People are out here in the streets in the nightclub parking lots, apparently, shooting each other because somebody probably hit on their girlfriend. Great. He thought your girlfriend was attractive. You should think that's a good thing. You know, you should be flattered yeah. by it and, and take it as flattery and not as disrespect because that boy doesn't know you. And even if he does, who gives a crap? Is it, is it worth shooting him because he said, hey, maybe you look fine to your girl? Really? It's it just keep your head on straight, people. That's it. Make a good decision. We're we're, we're not as dumb as we pretend to be. be you play smart. Yeah, this is like a, a story. Do you know where uh, O Charlie's is? They're on the Norton Road, kind of close to Evolution. Uh, o Charlie's? Uh, you mean on, on Georgiaville Square? No, uh, Norton. <laughs> Norton Road. Red, like if you're going. If you leave Evolution, you go down Are you talking, talking about a bar or a restaurant here? Yeah, O'Charlie's. It's called O'Charlie's. It's like, well, like they present themselves as Irish kind of place, although they have pool tables. No, that's O'Malley's. You're thinking board. of O'Malley's. 
You're Old Mally said, what, did, what was I saying? Oh, Charlie's like the You're saying Oh, Charlie's, and I'm thinking I want to go get some butternut biscuits because their the bread what is the excellent at Oh, Charlie's. Everybody go eat at Oh, Charlie's. Well, Old Mally's, yes. <laughs> so you know Oh, Mally's. <laughs> Yes. I well, uh, I was there, you know, I believe three years ago. I, I did a mixtape called "Protect This Mic." Had a little, uh, a little party for it, and then a few of us went to do different things afterwards. I ended up at O'Malley's with this one dude, at uh, you know, in the parking lot leaving. Just uh, the guy threatened to pull a gun on us, and you know, kept threatening because of. Uh, the guy that I was with asked him, what part of Detroit are you from? And, you know, the guy was just like, what's the matter? What part from Detroit I'm from? Wow. <laughs> blow your brain out right now. And <laughs> this went on. This was a whole ordeal for like the it, – it continued to go on for like 30 minutes. And I just kept motioning that I was going to leave the area and eventually left the area. And <laughs> my friend right. took the guy home. And it was a whole big ordeal. But, you know, it could have been messy, though. It could have had, you know, my brains blown out right there. Over something exactly. As far why are people so offended by such? They're so offended by such small things. It's it's, it's amazing, you know. Yeah. Oh, what's what part of the treasure from? The stock that'll fool shoot you up, fool. You know, it was. I don't get. I don't get people. I don't understand um, the concept of not trying to get along with people. It's just. It just baffles me. It baffles yeah, because we hear about we hear about these shootings and people getting shot, but we never know why. And then, like, right. when you actually find out why the things happen. It's even more upsetting and disturbing as, as to what what the actual reason was for the altercation. There's nothing that, you know, anyone planned on or probably or but it was, I don't know, music. How much does the music yeah. affect it? Uh, they they try to blame the, you know, everything on Marilyn Manson when Columbine happened. But you know Yeah. Like Someone listens to music. They, they it's an escape, and it, it, you, but you know some people try to be that image that is portrayed in in the rap music. It's it's a separation of theater and reality is what it really comes down to. Is um, uh, this, this I, I can I can speak for this because I know not enough about this, and I'm not a like I I'll be honest, I'm not a huge Marilyn Manson fan, but I've read up on him back, especially when he was you know more popular in the '90s and such, and. Here's a guy who just grew up with a normal lifestyle. He, like you said, he was a nerd in high school and whatever. And you know, he said, "But, but I love music." And he made music and he made theater and he portrayed a theatrical part. What he lived and what he sung about are two completely different things, and that is probably true in just about every genre of music. Yes, some of some of the hip hop artists have actually, you know, been on the streets, sold drugs, do all that stuff. But, but what was it about Rick Ross a while ago talking all this thug stuff? But yet he was a security guard in prison. You know, it's like yeah, your it life is maybe to- <laughs> totally different than what you're portraying out there. And the people listening to the music have to be smart enough to know this is entertainment. This is not life. This is entertainment. It only becomes life if you make it life. Columbine shootings. Let's just say that they were inspired by you know goth music of the time and. That's what that's what set them on their path. Well, it's also, you know, their choice to say, hey, you know what, I understand that this is just music. And in reality, yes, I understand I don't have a lot of friends at school. Maybe I should reach out and shake a hand. Maybe people will still, you know, be assholes because assholes are assholes no matter what you do, and you're going to have clicks in school or whatever. But these things happen because, not because of music. I mean, it's it's honestly because of probably – a neglected person, a person who feels left out, a person who feels alienated, or a person that feels they have something to prove. These are why these things happen. And if we all kind of were just accepting of each other, and I hate to 
throw rainbows out of my ass here, but if everybody was accepting out of each other, that then there really wouldn't be a problem. There's really wouldn't be any problems. It's just you know, except that this person may be into something different than you. This person may have um, asked you a question about what side of town you're from, from your town, and that does not mean that you want to shoot them up. It just means that they're interested because they may know people from Detroit that are from the north side and see if you have common friends. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous the way that people sometimes behave um, based on just being overly sensitive. And I don't know, I don't know that there's a you know blanket explanation for what can fix that. And it's not my place to fix it. I guess it's you know I'm going to go about my life. I'm going to live my life good. I'm going to teach my son good. And I'm going to te- you know hang out with good people who um, obviously don't think in that manner. You, I, that's just my has been all my thing. If you want to avoid drama, don't hang out with drama. Pretty simple. And I try to go back to Columbine. Of course, Michael Moore made the movie Bowling for Columbine, a documentary where he went and talked to a lot of people that went to school with them. And uh, it basically literally was a case where those two were friends, but they got picked on in school by everybody. And they, they actually made videos that he shows where they, they were like, "I we are going to shoot these people that are making fun of us. If you look at the people like at, uh, that, that go and shoot up high schools, it's 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 never like an attractive you know, what we would say was an attractive, popular looking guy. <laughs> it's always right, right, right. was like like picked on in school and stuff. But then you look at celebrities nowadays, you know, ninety percent will tell you that they didn't have any friends in high school. <laughs> but you know, they actually decided to say, Fuck that and make something of themselves, you know. Yeah, yeah. everyone's ass instead of shooting them. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, I don't know. But uh Let's, let's talk about something happier. What, what else you got for me? I know you. I know you had all these questions that we didn't get to last time. So, uh, oh yeah, and I got a, I got a big list. Like, I know yeah, I have pulled up right now. It's full of stuff. <laughs> but one thing I wanted to do with you, and this actually, this actually fits very well uh, with the current theme because uh, I had a song I wanted you to review. Now, oh yeah, uh, you you warned me about this. <laughs> Yeah, so it's kind of long. I mean, I edited a little bit. I got it down to four minutes, 44 seconds. I'll probably cut it off. Before do, I do we point. have to listen to the whole thing? <laughs> well, you know, just let us know. Let me know if you want me to email you this so you can, you know, you know put it as a part of your, you know, Uh-oh. mix in the car. I have a feeling like what you give me a heads up that that's probably not going to happen. But go ahead. You can roll with this. But this is actually, this is from, um, I'll just say it's from an unknown artist that I encountered. And it's a song called Let's Kill the Hater. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> you'll hear within the first minute what, what, as far as what genre of music this is and what, what type of artist this is. And it leads into a whole other discussion we could have on another day. But, but yeah, this is, a, this, is, this is Let's Kill the Hater. I want, want to see you get your review of this right here. All right. Let's Joshua. Gun. Let's go find this hater, put a bullet in his fucking head, cause he's gonna be the one dying, no one else. Every motherfucking member of this crew is gonna be the one living. The hater's the one that's gonna die, so let's make it quick. Where's the hater at? Let's go find him. He's down on, free- he's down on the freeway, 283. We're going down, we have a gun, a bullet, and it's ready for him. It's going right in his fucking head. 
he's gonna be the one down on the ground now. He's gonna feel the hot, the hot rush in his fucking hand. He's gonna be the one that sees it all at the end. He's the one that's going to hell. Cause he dissed on us motherfucking juggalos. Us juggalos riders don't fucking fight. We're gonna, we say we're gonna kill you, we fucking mean it. Don't even tempt us. Cause you're just on the fucking road of dying. You're on the way to hell. Alright, let's find him now. We're on the road. Going wow, down. Getting off the intersection at 283. There he is. See one hater? Pop. Second hater? Pop. Motherfucker's running. Popped in his car. Let's go down and find him. We got out and started running. We found him. I popped him in his leg. He fell on the ground. Cocked my gun again. Looked him straight in the eyes. I said, bitch, what you gonna do now? I'm standing over him. He's like, dude, please don't kill me. I got a lot to live for. I said, fuck you. It's your time to die. You're gonna feel the rush. Your blood's going all over the fucking drain. He's the one who's gonna die. Ben, replay the beat. Replay it? Yeah. Oh, goddamn. Okay. Looked him in the eyes. And I said, Fuck you, hater. You put me through a lot of shit. And the fucking 5-0 came into my house, killed my family, killed us all. But guess what? I'm still living. I got this fucking scratch. They cut me with the knife. Now I'm on this fucking place. I'm standing here over him. But wait a minute. Here comes an SUV. I turned around. They shot two of my homies. Ben was on the ground. He's hit. My other homie. He's dead. I was pissed. I took my gun. I shot at him. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I, I, first of all, I just want to say that I used to own a, a nice little tiny Casio keyboard when I was a kid, too. And I, it had all kinds of little nice little beats in it. Um, yeah, I, okay, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is either an 11-year-old boy or a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> oh, he's easily like 16, 17. Like, no way. I was on a video. No I, oh I can God. send you the video. Yeah, I'm not going to use it. Don't worry. <laughs> you know what I say? Email to me, but I would just be humoring you. Um, yeah, that's. But the again, visual is even better when you see him, when you actually literally see him. <laughs> no, 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 I, <laughs> I, I have a visual in my head that I painted from listening to this. This uh, ridiculousness for the last three and a half minutes. <laughs> I cut it off. Yeah. Don't blame for another minute and a half. Oh no, no. I, I, I assume that you can't hear me while this music's playing because about a minute in, I said, okay, we can cut this now. <laughs> I, I swear, I thought I heard that. And I, I actually got a message did. from uh, this guy like, cut that fucking kid off. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like that guy. Whoever he is. You're my dude. Oh, it's JT Fresh <laughs> out there. <laughs> JT Fresh, you're my dude. Um, yeah, that, that was that was 
pretty terrible. And I, I don't want to kill anybody's dreams, and I'm sure that I'm hoping that this kid's not listening. Or maybe I am. You know what? Stay in school. Stay in school. Just get an education. Um, and I don't know if you need to learn how to, you know, flip a hamburger or push a broom or learn how to do open-heart surgery, but you need to learn to do something besides ask your buddy to re-loop the beat. <laughs> and I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure he knows how to flip hamburgers, because if you watch a video of him yeah. rapping, it looks like that's pretty much all he's doing is eating some hamburgers. <laughs> hey, somebody's got to flip my hamburgers. I like hamburgers. I'm not I'm not hating on hamburger <laughs> flippers at all. I, somebody's got to make that. I mean, or burrito rollers, whatever. I love burrito rollers. Those are my people. Um yeah, obviously. You don't understand it, how many it, people it, like this I've come across in my day. People that like, yeah, I rap and shit, and then they send me something like that. Right, and, that, and that's that's the worst thing is that you know, I mean, I I don't want to kill everybody's dream, but everybody thinks that they're they can be a superstar. But honestly, you know, there's fifteen times, if not a hundred times more people out there that are talented that don't get labels, that don't get onto a label. And then for somebody like this to come up and think that they even have a shot is, is ridiculous. I mean, how many talented people do we know just in our circle of people that we associate with that we think, damn, they are good enough to be on the radio. They are good enough to be on tour. They're good enough to be, you know, superstars, but they just don't have all the connections because it is who you know, what breaks you get. I mean, a lot of it is that. There's talented people everywhere. There's people who can sing everywhere. There's people who can rap everywhere. It's a matter of getting a break. People like this really should just, just stay in school. Keep listening to it, you know. But obviously, you know, somebody of that age that's in, that, I mean, and I'm not trying to judge by a voice, <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's, yeah, a childlike, a thing, it's a childlike voice, and they have not most likely experienced any of the things that they're trying to rap about. They're telling a story, and they're telling it badly. <laughs> This should probably well, I thought about playing a good song for your review, but I, I went with that one instead. But yeah, <laughs> as far as us, yeah, I'm here like we do know some uh, many several talented artists, but you know my opinion is you got to get out of Ohio because when I look at the whole list of famous people from Ohio, there was Dave Thomas from Wendy's, of course, uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Uh, MGK came up, but he 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 got a presence on the internet for years. Besides that, you got to go to like Bow Wow or R.L. Stein, who wrote the uh, Goosebumps books. Like, there's really not a lot of people like that become huge superstars that came Parliament and got Funkadelic, their shot baby. in Ohio. Don't ever, don't ever forget Parliament <laughs> Funkadelic. Don't ever okay. forget Parliament <laughs> Funkadelic. <laughs> there's there, there some uh, other names. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's not, there are, not as much as New York. Yeah, there's a lot more than you think, but because it's not a media mecca, you have to be someplace where media is coming out of. And, and you know, that's, um, you know, if you're looking towards the West Coast, obviously, L.A., somewhere somewhere in California, if you're looking towards the East Coast, um, New York City, or, you know, if you go down down a little bit more south, um, something come out of Nashville, and not necessarily in the rap scene, but in music in general, um, stuff comes out of Nashville. And then, you know, down south, you know, it's it's, it's a little bit, Again, it still gets harder. It's like there's places that are coming out of there because they're developing their own style. But I can't. I mean, honestly, I can't say for sure what what Columbus, Central Ohio, or Ohio in general. I can't say for sure what our sound is right now. You know, like I said, in the '60s and '70s, we had the funk sound coming out with George Clinton and Parliament and stuff. But you know, as far as musically, we don't have a unique Midwest sound coming out of Ohio. So. Right now, you're right. You have to get out of Ohio if you want to blow up because you've got to pretty much adopt another, I hate to say it, but you have to adopt another city as your hometown, and that way you can get a little bit of 
credibility at this point. The guy we both know uh, uh, goes by uh, Sandman. Knew that, mm-hmm. you know. And um, but I wanted to ask you if you were at, uh, if you happen to be at Evolution on this particular night. This is a story that me and uh, Shaka talk about in private. <laughs> we didn't talk about it mm-hmm. on the show. <laughs> but um, apparently, some night when he was rapping at Evolution, he smacked someone in the face with the mic. <laughs> um, that might have been after. I don't know if that might have been in between the times that I left. <laughs> right. Because okay. I, I, would, I would, I would definitely give Jason some shit on that. I mean, Sandman. Excuse me. Go by. Go by. As many times I've been there and seen him <laughs> and, and like with him there, like uh, that didn't that happen on a night I wasn't there, so that was upsetting. <laughs> I like the microphone. Could have been worse. <laughs> I was reading a long time ago, probably about back in September, uh, Forbes released a list of the top grossing DJs in the world. And, of course, uh, Calvin Harris was number one on the list for last year, made mm-hmm. $47 million, knocking Tiesto off, who made $32 million. Uh, Dead Mouse came in at number five with $21 million, but, you know, he does half as many shows as these other guys. So one would think mm-hmm. that Dead Mouse almost – but, I mean, uh, as far as uh, DJs that uh, – you look to, or what do you think about the current crop out there that's on that Forbes list? It's the hard part about that list is that a lot of, and this is this is pretty much talked about very much amongst DJs. A lot of these DJs really aren't DJs; they're producers. They they make music, and they produce music, but because they produce electronic music, they honestly have a hard time going on tour as anything but a DJ. They have to. It's almost like you can't say, "I'm going to." a Tiesto concert, so I'm going to a Tiesto show because you expect him to be DJing, mixing, and stuff like that. Um, it's well known within the industry that a lot of these guys have pre-mixed sets um, that they already, or they have a set list. It, so when, I, when you ask what I think, I think their production school, skills are awesome. I, I like a lot of music from Dead Mouse. Calvin Harris has pretty much blown up the radio for the past three or four years, um, either on his own songs or on songs with somebody else, like, you know, Rihanna, We Found Love, or whatever. Um, so a lot of these guys that are out there that, and DJs that are making names for themselves as a DJ making a lot of money, sometimes they're making money more on their production skills than on their actual get-out-there-and-mixing-record skills. Um, I think I read a, um, an article, I don't remember how long it wa- ago it was. It was on Avicii, um, who's the guy whose biggest hit was Levels, but he's had, and then, you know, he's had uh, Don't Wake Me Up and a bunch of other songs. But anyway, Avicii... A lot of the, the article that I read was him talking about how the fact that he really was just a producer. He was he made music. Um, he became, he made remixes that he put up on YouTube. Somebody you know discovered him, said, "Hey, I'm going to teach you how to use this DJ equipment," and that's how he became a DJ. It's not that he was a DJ; he was a producer. He was a music maker. He would remix yeah, songs. I think he I think but, he, uh, he had pirated the software off the internet. That's that he didn't even could. buy any equipment. Didn't have anything. I think the guy's like yeah. 23. Yeah, I mean he's Coming young, he's right young as shit, and he's he's out there making a lot of money, and probably, um, hopefully, being smart about it, because otherwise he's going to burn himself out. You know, being that young with that much popularity and that surrounded by that many drugs, oh, yeah. I'm sure. Miley um, Cyrus, yeah. Justin Bieber, <laughs> go yeah. through the list. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's pretty expensive, but yeah, it's unfortunate that that a lot of the DJs are not DJs. However, some of them really do, are out there and, and show a lot of skill. Um, and, it, and it's a hard thing. If you're a DJ and you want to make shit tons of money, you're, you're not going to make it as just a DJ. You almost have to produce to make to make it big, to be somebody famous. It's like you can't just go out there and spin records at the club and then expect to go on tour spinning records at the club and everybody love you. You have to put out a record of your own. 
um, even like in the hip hop scene, DJ Khaled or DJ Kelly Fell, they have to put out their own album yeah. to become a name for anybody else. And it's basically not even an album; it's a mixtape where you get other you know rappers that you have associations with to drop their you know lyrics on your beats. So. Um, as far as what I think about them, great. Good for them. If they're making money and people are enjoying going to their shows, and they obviously are, then more power to them as long as they're not just sitting there and twisting knobs and pumping their fists in the air like they're doing something. Yeah. And you have to you have to have some kind of opinion as far as being an actual real DJ, long-time DJ for over 15 years. As far as like new people now that may not do the same thing, like what do you consider some people – I think um, some DJs out there, just, you know, as Daniel Tosh, um, on Tosh.0 that I was telling you about, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. called them just professional iPod controllers, and anyone can be a right. DJ, and he is just trashing the whole art of it. Like, you have that. Well, uh, there, there's, uh, there's truth to it. To Daniel there's, Tosh. there's truth to it. Yeah, there's, there's definitely truth to what he's saying, and what everybody, you know, what a lot of people say about the, the DJ culture today. It is very easy to get into. Software has made everything so simple. Um, to to learn for the most part we're grow- in today's generation we grow up with computers um, we, we're surrounded by computers so figuring out how to mix music on a computer or you know it, it's easy it, it does make things a lot easier for a lot of people to get into it. however and this is where I'm never threatened by these young upcoming DJs and I and and if they take over they take over it's fine it's it's, it's just a matter of quality but. That, that's not what makes you a good DJ. It's not the software that does it for you. It, it'll make some of the functions easier, but ultimately programming is what makes you a good DJ, playing the music that your crowd wants to hear, putting it together in a, in a logical order that builds energy or takes them on a trip. It's, it's a roller coaster ride when you're DJing. You're not trying to just beat the hell out of them all night long with up-tempo rave music in no, most club settings. You're trying to take them on a trip. You, know, you need to slow them down. You need to speed them back up. You need to... If you're in a club, you want them to go to the bar and buy drinks. You don't want them to just sweat it out on the dance floor all night. So you want to play for a couple different crowds so you're rotating your dance floor. That's what makes a DJ good. As far as how I learned, um, I came up, and I think I talked about this, with, with learning on tape how to mix, which is just, it's just ridiculous. Nobody does that. It, it was just, I was a weird kid that learned that way. But ultimately, you learn, I've learned on turntables. I did turntables for several years until I lightened my load and went over to CD players, and then I lightened my load more and finally went over to um, uh, doing mostly DJing off the computer back in probably like 2002, 2003, somewhere in there, um, and pretty much have been all PC since then. But the thing is, with these controllers that are out there, they re- really kind of do the same thing that the CD players did, or if you're using Serato, you can use actual 1200s, which are turntables, for those who don't know, and DJ off the turntables just like you used to. Where the software is going for you, though, is the software is actually making it easier to mix two songs together. And, but that doesn't make you a great DJ. It makes, it may, you may be able to push a, a button that says sync, sync the two songs up. You still need to know when to start the mix. You need to know how to mix in and mix out properly. The sync button doesn't always keep the, the songs in perfect match with each other. Um, so they blend together easily. It doesn't do it all for you. It does make it easier for everybody to get into. The, it, what it does do, and this is very unfortunate, is that it it does devalue the price that the DJ can command anymore because it used to be a pool of, say, 100 good DJs in Columbus to work 50 clubs. Now we're down to a pool of 2,000 DJs to work 25 clubs. And you know, it's going to keep going that direction. So obviously now you've got all these guys that are willing to come in and undercut you 
and you're kind of stuck. Or they will maybe work for less just because there's only yeah. so many positions available. Yeah, and there are. There's plenty, there are plenty of DJs that I know um, that were working for twice as much 10 years ago as they are today. And that's ridiculous because in every other job, your, your price goes up as, as time goes on. And in this kind of field, it's like because it's being saturated, the price that you're making is actually going down over time because you're having to stay competitive with somebody else. I mean, you could have been a DJ commanding, you know, say $300 a night back in 1995, and then come 2005, you're down to about $200 a night, and then you're down to one and a quarter now in, in 2014 because all of a sudden it's not that you've gotten any worse. If anything, you've gotten better. You've been doing this longer. Um, but what's happening is now you've got to compete with somebody else who goes in and goes, I'll do it for 100 bucks. So for you to even say, you say, well, he's going to do it for 100 I'm much better than him, but I'm only going to ask you for a one and a quarter. Why? Because I need to work. Because I love doing it. I still love doing what I'm doing, but now I'm, all of a sudden you're undervalued. That's why a lot of these places, they go through DJs like water because ultimately they can't find a good one because it's a, it's a lot of sorting. It's a lot of going through a lot of crap to find the diamond in the rough, which they probably don't want to spend money on. Yeah, there's a lot more we got to get to. we got to do a part three here. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.